Hey everybody, welcome to the best episode of the best podcast you listen to. What a beautiful podcast, episode 3-7. Count that, 3-7, adds up to 10. How are you, Andrew? I, damn, you just blew my fucking mind. Right? That's. I'm, I guess in, a, in, in, a, in an abstract sense, this is really episode 10. And in a, in a, in a, in a second layer of abstractness, it's episode 1. This is a restart. This is a hard reboot compared to a soft reboot. You're going to have to run me through that. How How is it add up to one? One plus zero is one. Oh Come on, my man. God. Come on. Oh my God. It's, 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 it's all makes sense now. My God. This is the reboot. Stars. This is what a beautiful podcast. The This is the amazing. What a beautiful podcast. No, it's just, they, they just cut off the front and it's a beautiful podcast. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us for another glorious week of this, whatever this is. And we are doing Lovers, which Jack loves it. Jack loves the Lovers. I'm in love with Lovers. It (laughs) is the perfect arc. Clear, concise, short. uh, Gets right to the point. Doesn't drag. Isn't just a rocky... And his incredible voyage fanfic. <laughs> God damn it. You can cut the sarcasm with a buzzsaw. <laughs> Is it an incredible journey, incredible voyage? Because like I'm I'm mixing it up with Homeward Bound, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Fantastic voyage. The one where they go in the ship and the in the dude's brain. Like, Araki just read that. Yeah, he read a movie, Jack. Great job. No, he watched that and was like, yeah, I'm going to draw this now. Oh, but, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. What are we getting ourselves into? Um, I mean, there's some funny faces in it, and that's how well, I like... Well, that's kind of the crutch of this entire show, so... <laughs> there's funny faces. <laughs> like, I'm getting through it. And we All, start off with, like... I- I think um, if we could somehow, like, generate a word chart, like, based on what we talk about on this show, I would probably say about 90 to 95% of it would just be us laughing at funny faces. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much what what's stringing me along, like, these chapters at this point. Like, look at this Polnareff face. Look, like, right off the bat, like... Oh, yeah, Pol- well, this first page, where the, the start of the chapter... Each of these top three panels has a good Polnareff face in it. Oh, yeah. Because we get right into it. Um, They defeated Enya. They're still at her weird hotel. And Polnareff is asking the others to please disinfect his tongue because he licked shit on a toilet. (laughs) And Joseph's face at the bottom where he's just like... (laughs) It's really good. And then just on the next page, like, Joey saying, we're all thinking, he's just like, you licked a toilet. <laughs> For God's sake, let's hurry up and get out of here. Jotaro, Kekyoi. Hey, everyone take a look outside. This is pretty fucked up. <laughs> and it turns out. And it's out... just like, I, I do love that they, they teleport outside of the building, basically. Like, this next panel, they're just outside staring at this weird graveyard. Yeah, it turns out this entire town was just a graveyard reanimated by Justice. And, God. It looks like, imagine a graveyard where they forgot to bury the bodies. Like, they put yeah, the, head, they put the headstones out. off up, and then they gave up at the part where they had to do, actually do the burying part. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, we got we got the headstones up, but like it's lunchtime. All right, let's go. Let's let's we'll finish this up later. And they never came back. Um, yeah, so Enya's still here. She's just like passed out. And so they're just taking her with them. And Jorts wants to ask like, I want to ask her. I have a lot of things I want to ask this old woman about. Like how many Stanies are currently following us and what their powers are or exactly where Zio is hiding in Egypt. And, and the, the sequence of panels where George's face just gets closer and closer to Joey's <laughs> and, until they're like on top of each other. I really like the solution to the hole in Polnareff's tongue is to put an X-shaped piece of tape oh on it. Oh my god. <laughs> it's and... like, oh yeah, my tongue was punctured. Put this little bandage on it. Yeah, it'll heal. It'll heal fine. And like every panel with his mouth open now just has it on there. Like yeah. great detail. By which I mean it's whole horse time. Oh my god, he's back again. <laughs> it's time for the whole horse show starring whole horse, and he just steals their jeep and fucks off. <laughs> I've decided whole I'm sticking horses. with Dio after all. <laughs> Thank we'll God for again. whole horse. Whole horse being a reoccurring character through these filler arcs is just it, it makes it so much easier to bear. Yeah, every time you see whole horse, you know, ah, I'm about to have a good time. Um, so he drives off into the sunset in this Jeep, and it's like, a word of advice, you'd be better off killing that old lady right now. If you don't, and you try to talk to her, you'll realize the true terror that Dio is really capable of. See ya, fuckers. <laughs> uh, he doesn't actually say fuckers, Jack added that in for, uh, for emphasis. For comedic effect, like most, uh, scanlators would have. <laughs> Some 90s Dragon Ball fan subs. Fuck you, Goku. I'm Fuck so mad. You, Vegeta. I hate you. <laughs> but I just uh, had a revelation, Jack. Oh so God. get this. Get oh boy. get this. Oh, I've gotten Whole, it. Alright, so Whole Horse is the knuckles of Stardust Crusaders. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like right. like hear like hear me out. He's oh, just Okay. He's a, I mean, he's I a, literally have to to have this show continue going. So continue on this cursed charade so if you played sonic 3 and knuckles have you played sonic 3 and knuckles no i never owned a genesis uh, there's lots of ways to play that game jack it's a very good game okay Easily i, the be- best in the I believe you but no i have not played sonic 3 and knuckles starring dante from the devil may cry series <laughs> so in that game the whole premise of the story is that knuckles is being strung along thinking that uh, Sonic is the bad guy by Dr. Robotnik, and he just shows up randomly to, like, fuck with Sonic. Okay. And I just, I'm, and, like, throughout <laughs> this, I just picture a whole horse just, like, Dio's tricked whole horse into thinking that <laughs> that the Joge gang are the bad guys, and he just randomly shows up like, ha, ah, fuck you, Jojo. <laughs> God I'm taking my, my Master Emerald and leaving. Oh, oh god, that means Dio is Shadow. <laughs> Fuck this. You're not even good enough to be my fake. Oh no! <laughs> what worm, What hole have we dug ourselves into this time, Jack? Oh, uh, the worst hole. And Kakyoin <laughs> is obviously Tails, and we need to move on. Oh uh, yeah, alright, this is, this will, this could be an entire episode in of yeah, itself. Yeah, just, just, which JoJo <laughs> character is which Sonic character? The episode. And I'm pretty, <laughs> I, now that I'm thinking about it, I honestly think we might have done this exact joke, like, 
15 episodes ago, but regard. We, we might have done it with, like, Battle Tendency, and we definitely did it with Battle Tendency characters and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. So, <laughs> we're, we're not batting great. Okay, so moving on. So, they, they trade up their Jeep for a horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah, this great horse and buggy. Like, and joey's driving this horse like who gave them this horse <laughs> where did they get this from uh maybe he just bought it like he he does just buy a car later because and i can. do love for all of the like all of the nonsense filler that's happening here like the one like it would be important i guess to know how they got the the horse and buggy but we miss that story point but what yeah. we do get is joey staring at this kebab <laughs> oh my god all right so this is just a. This is another thing of Iraqi. Just like, hey, I visited uh, the Middle East one time. Let, let me let me write a little thing about my experience in the Middle East. Uh, so Joey sees uh, donor kebab, which is a big hunk of meat on a spit, and then you carve off pieces of it to put in like pita bread, not just this loaf of white ass bread that he has on the side here. <laughs> Um, and Joey's like, oh, look, donor kebab. And a lot of this is author notes like, the hamburger of the Middle East. A slab of meat is placed on a stick and is roasted as it turns. The roasted part is then shaved off and eaten on bread. Author's note, in the Middle East, the logic used in Japan and the West doesn't apply at all. To be specific, the prices set there are very arbitrary. Fering... Oh, man. <laughs> Feringers who come here for the first time who don't know the re regular value of things can be easily exploited and haggled out of their money. However, in this part of the world, swindling is not seen as a bad thing. Instead, the one who's ripped off is seen as an idiot. Here, I'll explain the proper way on how to buy things. Oh, and then Joey tries to buy five donor kebabs from this, uh, this well-dressed man in a turban and sunglasses and they're just <laughs> haggling over how many rupees he's gonna pay for these things all of this guy's faces are amazing oh god the oh ho, 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 ho face yeah. is such a good thumbnail like if you if you can just carve out the text there and just like clone stamp it like you're done like <laughs> that's it uh <laughs> Joey's face as he turns away to buy kebab somewhere else, like, then I'll buy them somewhere else. And with his mouth open, eyes looking towards the heavens. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, so Joey ends up buying these kebabs for 52, and he's very happy that he bought them for 52. But then the you see the guy think it's like, I usually sell that many for 10 rupees. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's a dumbass American yeah. slash British guy slash uh, I, 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 it doesn't really hating. matter. Yeah. yeah. I think um, Iraqi probably forgot that uh, Joe that uh, Joey's supposed to be British at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He basically turned him into Indiana Jones. <laughs> Indiana Jones, if he owned a lot of property in the New York, the greater New York City area. <laughs> um, but Enya's awake. Oh, God, and she's horrifying. She's very worried. Like, this is not a good thing for her. And we suddenly see the man who was selling the kebabs take off his turban. Well, no, because he was wearing, like, one of these hoods with the headband over it. The headband flies off, takes off his sunglasses. And who is this handsome man? Who is this? I don't know. We don't know yet. We'll find out soon. 
Uh, but Enya is being ripped apart from the inside <laughs> by tentacles. Um, Yikes. Oh, God. It's bad. Yikes. Uh, and as she's getting ripped apart, she's like, why? Why have you come to kill me? And then we see this man again shedding his cloak. It's like, Lord Dio never trusts anyone. I've come to make sure you never speak ever again. And as for you four over there, I'll be taking your lives as well. As Enya is mulched from the inside out and Team Joe is just splattered by her blood. And everyone else is like real like, oh God. But all Jorts does is just like, oh. He's like, oh man. I just got a new jacket. Come on. <laughs> got My a whole name... new school uniform. <laughs> My name is Dan. Steely Dan. <laughs> Steely Dan. <laughs> if you say steel, you can say Steely Dan like in whatever tone you want, and it's still funny. I'm Steely Dan. I'm Steely Dan. <laughs> Which one of you is the real <laughs> Steely, Steely Dan? Dan. Oh, God. Whatever reason, I've always felt like, completely irrationally, I've always had a thing where, like, Steely Dan was always one of the more, like, lazy, gratuitous, like, <laughs> I just named this guy after this band, Iraqi things. <laughs> well, uh, here it's pretty egregious, but in Dio's mansion, there's literally a man whose name is Kenny G, who plays the <laughs> saxophone, and his stand name is Tenor Sax. I so. forgot about that. <laughs> like oh come on. no all right so maybe this maybe ceiling <laughs> isn't as egregious as that but for whatever reason it's always stuck out to me he plays a, oh my god i'm thinking about it now and it's so stupid <laughs> and it but you know what it doesn't help that his name is localized in the english version of the manga and the sub and the crunchyroll subs for the anime as dan of steel i i like that one this, and this i can't is help one... but say that in a duke nukem voice Dan, Dan of Steel. Of Steel. <laughs> oh my god. The, like, I, because it's clever and it's funny. And it's like, okay, yeah, the, that's what they were going for. Uh, yeah. Same with uh, Funny Valentine and uh, Filthy Axe at a Reasonable Price. Filthy <laughs> like, Axe at a Reasonable Price is the best localized <laughs> stand name ever. I want to meet the person who translated All Star Battle so I can shake their fucking hand because it's amazing. Well, maybe not shake their hand because they probably also responsible for Zipper Man and Bullets. So okay, all right, Bullet sucks, but I don't hate Zipper Man. Zipper Man is <laughs> Zipper Man is funny in a very in a very specific sort of way. Fair that... enough. Oh God, <laughs> stand localization names are like very hit and miss. Like, yeah, but, but, but let it be known that Filthy Axe at a reasonable price is a goddamn <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so yeah, Lovers Part 2, Enya is dead now. Well, no, she's dying. Like, this can't, this can't be. Lord Dio himself would never do something like this to me. At, at best, her face is completely gone. At worst, she's pretty much dead. Yeah, she's, she's on her way out. And, um... Polnareff slices some of the tentacles off, and they see that they melt in the sunlight. So, yeah, this is uh, Dio Spore Cells. And Steely Dan is saying, like, <laughs> I'm impressed that you were able to figure it out. This is what this is what these spores made from Lord Dio's own cells look like when they're fully grown. I just grew it inside Enya and activated it. <laughs> I'm Steely Dan. 
Um, and he gives every us, time he would say it, it's just gonna it's crack so me good. up. I'm Steely Dan. I'm Steely Dan. <laughs> um, the episode just has to be like I'm Steely Dan. Just that's the title. Um, we get a neat piece of lore. Also, like this is another one of those um, forced perspective shots where everyone's legs look goddamn enormous. <laughs> Like, Bull look, looks like he's on stilts. He looks like he's, they're going to snap. His, his like, one knee is going the wrong way. Oh, God. <laughs> Joey is as tall as that horse in just leg size. God. Um, Enya, I heard you were the one who taught Lord Dio about the stance, but it seems you failed to realize there was no way Lord Dio would ever trust a little old woman like you. Um,. As Enya bleeds out and Joey goes over to her, it's like, tell, tell us the true nature of Dio. Stand. Tell us. I have to defeat Dio. Please, you must tell me. And as she's on her way out, it's like, Lord, Dio believes in me. I'll never tell you. And she, the tentacles evaporate and she is now dead. And we get a pretty great Joey panel of just like, oh, God, one of his more one of his more passionate oh gods. Oh yeah, that's a, that's an that's a really well drawn Joey face. Yeah. So but, uh, as Dan is isn't amused. Oh yeah, as this has happened, Steely Dan uh, <laughs> is behind them off panel, just like <laughs> Steely Dan. <laughs> How tragic, ha! And he's just drinking tea, like as everyone else is watching this old woman get like mulched. Like she's, he's just been having a nice espresso, um, and Polnareff real conflicted. Like I'm not sure how to feel about this. Her son may have murdered my little sister, but I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> um, and Jorts goes over and is like, "Get up, hey fuckhead! Stop trying to be cool like it's a given luxury. Even if you won't attack us, we're still gonna fight you." go ahead but none of you will be able to lay a finger on me steely dan <laughs> and just like punches a couple of good ones yeah get a couple of nice nice hits in there yeah a couple of nice uh doba do yeah doba and um as steely dan goes flying uh so does joseph joestar <laughs> in the same way as steely dan if not more so just backwards and Steely Dan, blood coming from his uh, his uh, mouth hole. You fool, I wasn't done explaining. You are very close to killing your own grandfather. Um, so, The Lovers is a weird stand. And, and, like, a pretty good precursor to some of the stuff we'll see in the later parts where stuff gets weird. Like, it's a, it's a pretty part sixty stand, almost. Yeah. Because what it is, I'm going to sum up a, a bunch of this uh, exposition because it's like, just bored. I just got bored. Before you J do that, I just want to point out this one panel that oh. is like extremely part one-ish drawing of Steely Dan with his hands like on his face. like. <laughs> oh god, he looks, <laughs> man, he looks shoujo as hell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like it just, it looks like Phantom Blood like reappeared out of nowhere for one panel i thought you were talking about the one panel where he gets the kid to hit him in the leg and his fist becomes really tiny 
And he's got, he's Steely Dan tiny fist. <laughs> he's got the anti-Yowie hands. He's got the anti-Yowie hands. And then he's got the Yowie hands in the Phantom Blood panel. Like, it's a cool thing. Like, the color gradient goes from fully colored to, like, black and white as the panel goes from uh, side to side. Yeah, um, but uh, as you were saying. Yeah. So, his stand is capable of entering someone's body. The instant Enya died, it entered through your ear and burrowed itself into your brain. And here we go with the fantastic voyage. Because we get a nice uh, zoom through Joey's ear. Um, That's not how ears, like, his eardrum would have had to have been cut. And (laughs) that's not a good feeling, Andrew. No. Like... Having your eardrum pierced, I've heard, is, like, one of the worst pains, like, you can be well, yeah, in. Your ears are, like, one of the most sensitive parts of your entire body. That's why even, like, a minor ear infection will, like, drive people insane. Oh, God. I used to get ear you, infections. Well, like, yeah. It was the It's worst. horrible. Yeah. Even just, like, sometimes, like, you get, like, uh, po- like spring allergies and stuff. Like, you get mm. a little ear pain, and it just drives you crazy. Uh, I had a problem with my wisdom tooth. And you know what? And you know what drove me to get it fixed? Like I didn't have so much tooth pain. It was ear pain, man. The ear pain is really? what made me go get it fixed. Yeah, oh, because damn. It, it it affects your entire jaw, and your ear is so sensitive that it just like it kills you. Oh God. But yeah, point being that Joey would be in a bad situation. <laughs> yeah, he. I feel like he would have felt this. Um because lovers is like this weird crab monster and it's just sitting in joey's brain it's another giger ass stand yeah he he went like full giger on this like it's basically alien from alien um (laughs) alien featuring alien from alien yeah it looks like it's pretty xenomorphy with the head and the legs like and we know that he loves alien like it was in that book um, oh, I guess it's so small it might have just been able to, like, to pass through his eardrum with, like, not a whole lot of paint. Whatever. It's small. So, what it's doing, it's sitting, like, in his brain attached to, like, some of his nerves. Um, and whenever Steely Dan gets hit, uh, Lovers reacts by uh, doing the same damage on Joey uh, times a bunch. And he proves this by paying a little uh, boy to just hit him in the leg and yeah joey gets hit and it's really funny because the kid hits steely dan a second time and is like when did i say you could hit me twice you little brat and just punches the kid into the next time zone (laughs) um so steely dan is uh pretty in control now it's like if i were to be in a car accident hit by a baseball or even trip and fall Mr. Joestar, your body will suffer damage several times my own. And he cracks his knuckles, and Joey's artificial hand hurts, which is weird. But I do really like on this uh, first long panel over here, where he's like, (laughs) My stand, lovers, is very weak. It doesn't even have the strength to move a single strand of hair. It is the weakest stand to have ever existed. Not completely true. Yeah, I don't think so. But I I do like how weirdly self-depreciating it is but at the same time being a fucking asshole about it like oh yeah "Ah, you guys are fucking bitches you can't even handle the power of the weakest stand ever yeah it is very humble braggy very steely dan (laughs) um so yeah 
I really like the image, the panel of Jorts going to hit Steely Dan and Star Platinum's little fist is coming out of his hand, but nothing else. It's like, I'm going to double punch you, you fucker. <laughs> I've like, got why do you fists. bother drawing that? Like, why? Like, if if he tried, could he have, like, three fists coming out of one Like, like a triple fist thing? Like, putting Star That probably Platinum- would have been more convincing had just one little fist coming out of George's <laughs> what if, fist. What if, like, a little star platinum came out of his fist and just, like, yeah, I'm ready, boss. Let, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, but Kakyoin, the smart boy in this uh, conversation, is like, Jotaro, calm down. Don't do anything stupid. No, I'm going to kill him so quickly, he won't even have a moment to feel pain, which is, like, okay. Brutal. But I guess he is trying to kill your grandpa. Um, <laughs> and Steely Dan is like, hey, come on, try it out. Let's see what happens. How about punching a hole in my chest? Or maybe just use this rock to smash my head in. Here, I even got the rock for you. <laughs> what um, a bastard. Yeah. And again, Kakyoin has to hold back Star Platinum's fist with uh, Hierophant Green to st- stop George from killing Steely Dan, who's getting shook. Because, like, Jorts is, like, real, real serious about like putting he, the like, beat down. Like, I, I think uh, Dan of Steel over here is, like, actually starting to think that Jorts is about to sacrifice his grandpa just to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, he made a big gamble, uh, Steely Dan did. Um, but then when he realizes that uh, Jotaro is bluffing, just socks Jotaro in the gut. And it's like, oh, did he do it? Oh, he socked him in the gut with this rock. That's yeah. why. <laughs> um, What's going on with Jorts' arm on the next page? Why does he have a tumor? It It's his other fist, but it's just the way it's drawn. It just looks like he has a weird tumor the, in his arm. The panel where... The page where he gets hit, or... Yeah, oh, no. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, man, that looks fucking weird. Yeah, you really have to look at it the right way to notice that it's his other fist. Yeah, God. There's not a lot. Hmm. So, yeah. Danny Steele, um, Danny Phantom over here, uh, puts this rock down on Jotaro, and Jotaro blocks with his arms uh, to stop from being killed. And everyone's just like, what do we do now? Um, but Team Joe minus Jorts runs off, and Kakyoin gives him the plans like Jotaro keep him away from Mr. Joestar we're going to get as far away from him as possible so you're like all right long distance might weaken the stand and Steely Dan is like you may think that my stand will weaken the farther you get from me but a weakness can also turn out to be a strength once it's inside a person's body I can control it from a distance than any stand even from hundreds of kilometers away ah so yeah it pretty pretty good stand to be honest like it's not bad yeah um, i mean it's definitely another one of those like how are they gonna get out of this one kind of stands it's like do 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 find out next week <laughs> um so dan does a lot of shitty things like steals jorts's money takes his uh watch just because like he can't retaliate all the while joey and uh, Polnareff and Kakyoin have found a TV store uh, so Joey can use Hermit Purple to show on the TV where Lovers is and yeah 
oh no, I never thought I'd have to see the inside of my brain. <laughs> Which sure is a sentence. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I guess, yeah. I would never have thought of that either. Yeah, and then here's the biggest bullshit. <laughs> but how do we plan on beating it? We send our stands inside Mr. Joestar's body and defeat it there. Stands are simply images made up of our energy. We should be able to shrink them with ease. Kakyoin, what are you talking about? There's no time to waste. We're doing it now, Polnareff. Dude, this shrink. is some fucking... This is some bullshit right here. Oh, oh my man. god. So, Hierophant Green and Silver Chariot shrink super tiny and get all up in Joey's business and god it's stupid <laughs> this is like this is so dumb it's like we haven't even made it through the first like like part three alone is like the introduction of stands we haven't even made it halfway through part three and iraqi has already basically ditched the whole idea of stands basically just being like a visualization of psychic energy and now they've already turned to nope these are ghost people these are actual ghost people listen man they were <laughs> originally called the ghostly ripple written with the same characters as the ripple so i'm gonna everyone who has a stand is the latent ripple user fine <laughs> fine <laughs> so I, I like to believe that if joey had the creativity in 1939, he could have made a little ghost friend out of the Ripple, but he didn't. <laughs> so anyway, we cut back to Jorts and Steely Dan. Talk about the ditch. You know. Oh god, I fucking hate this ditch. Jorts hates this <laughs> ditch. Steely Dan is like, I could probably jump over it, but I'd risk tripping and twisting my ankle. It'd be a pain to walk all the way to that bridge over there. Hey, Jorts. Lie down across this ditch and make a bridge with your body so I can cross over. And and George isn't moving, so Steely Dan hurts himself. And then we see uh, Joey getting hurt, big old leg, leg pain. And then, oh, George is a bridge now. And Steely Dan's just having a nice time walking, just crushing him. And it's like, oh, George is going to hurt him so bad. Oh god, that was always the, the best part. The, this is why this uh this whole little the lovers arc is always so memorable to me because it's because you, we end. never see Jorts get more pissed off than this ever. Oh god, it, it's really good. But I think we're gonna cut the, cut it right there. Um, so next yeah. week we'll pick up with uh, lovers part four. We'll do the rest of lovers and hopefully get the sun in there too. Oh, so man. that way we can do an entire episode of Death 13. <laughs> I which... thought you were going to say so we can do an entire episode of the sun. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Let's just talk but, about our favorite arc, the sun. Oh, God. But yeah, so for the second half of the episode today, we're going to go back to covering some expanded Iraqi work. Uh, like, after, like we said last week, we're going to cover Rohan at the Louvre, which is a very mm -hmm. interesting weird a uh, little bit of uh, a little bit of joe jacana I, I that was a stretch i do like that though joe jacana joe what's the uh what how, parse like, that like for a, me like americana okay like, little bits of uh the joe culture but but it's joe jacana uh, any uh, anyway okay, it's a weird okay. it's it's okay. a weird thing it's with fine. a, a a bit of an interesting history to it. 
Yeah. So, so you want to do the background, and then we'll just jump right in. Yeah, I mean, so basically, it's a it's a part of the like it's part of the thus spoke Kishibi Rohan like Gaiden series that Araki did. Like we did uh we did one part of that with the uh, with under execution under jailbreak, mm-hmm. and he's he kind of spread it out throughout a whole bunch of different areas and. This one, for whatever reason, he decided to do as basically product placement for the museum, the Louvre, which is very strange. And it's a little adventure featuring Rohan as he goes to to the Louvre. Yeah, and Rohan doing stuff at the Louvre. It's like... And the, the, the especially immediately strange thing about this is to this day, no other Part 4 related media has been released in English, but we have this, an actual book. We're reading this out of the uh, the print edition, extremely nice print edition of, by the way, if you like, if you're a big JoJo fan, highly recommend seeking it out. It's not expensive, nice hardcover. Yeah, good, on Amazon good stuff. right now, get it by Wednesday with Prime, $15.52. Yeah, it's a Worth really it. nice full color hardcover, uh, full color hardcover edition of this. Very full neat. cover hard color that's a weirdly hard sentence to say i want to but... see some hard color in this book <laughs> just some hard color but uh yeah so on you'll notice that on the front of the cover it's a graphic novel with it's just a graphic novel it has three weird logos so it's got the Louvre yeah. logo it's got musée is... du, du louvre editions yeah and, and then comics lit this comic is lit. <laughs> and JoJo has a uh, has a lot of history in France. Uh, a lot more JoJo got released, got translated into Italian and French than we ever got. Like Wait, they is got the, part... is the Louvre in France? Yeah. Oh fuck me! I didn't it's where know the Mona that. Lisa is, Jack. I. If you told me that <laughs> the Louvre was in Italy, I would have believed you. If you said it was in France, I would have believed you. Like, it's pretty much between those two. Like, it's definitely not in Portugal, but... No, it's definitely not in Portugal. You might have but... been able to convince me it was in Spain, but regardless, continue. But there, So there are physical volumes of, like, Part 4, Part 5, Part 6 in Italian, and I'm pretty sure all that's also in French, but... Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's... they love it over there. Yeah, they're big into it. Clearly the copyright issue is not as big of an issue over there as it is here, yeah, because... really. Because of course it isn't. Because God forbid this godforsaken landmass gets anything. <laughs> does any uh, sort of, you know what? All right, whatever. Point yeah. being, uh, this is very cool. And yeah, it's super we're gonna, good. We're gonna cover it uh, as much as we can today, probably over the next two weeks. But we'll see what happens. But uh, so let's just get uh, right down into it, Jack. So you want to start start walking walking through it. Yeah, so yeah, we crack open this spine. We get God, the pages are just so nice and thick and the nice glossy pages with real, real nice coloring work. On. Yeah, so we open up and we see our favorite, favorite ass boy, uh, <laughs> Rohan Kashibi, uh, and just he's just talking. Well, it's kind of an intro for people that don't know like what JoJo is. It's like my name is Rohan Kashibi. The two characters that form the first name given to me by my parents, Rohan, mean row or ephemeral, and Han, to be with. 
I am Japanese and a manga artist. I have a curious ability of little use and of no great importance. Indeed, I can read people like a book. In both the proper and figurative sense, all I have to do is skim the words and phrases written down in them. And uh, we see him open up... Uh, who is this? This isn't Koichi. I think it's Koichi. Is it supposed to be Koichi? Yeah, so, I think so. Koichi is open up, opened up here like a book. Uh, it's pretty horrifying. It's always not good to look at this. Um, Heaven's door looks weird. Like, it doesn't look like a person anymore. It used to just, like, look like a person. But no, now I, I think, like, I think Araki, like, purposely tried to keep the the weird JoJo minutia to a minimum in this short story. And I think he didn't really want to, like, go too deep into it, which is why Heaven's Door looks a little weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a story for people that aren't JoJo fans as well. Like, yeah. God, can you imagine picking this up in the Louvre and, like, buying it? Weird. I don't know, man. I mean, France is a really huge uh, oh, they love like, comic, comic industry there. They love it. And they, I, th- I, think jo- I think there's probably a larger, like classic jojo fan base over there than over here i mean obviously not not, it's obviously pretty universal these days but like Mm -hmm. before the anime and before the widespread knowledge of it i'm sure you'd probably find more jojo fans over there yeah so this like the other rohan side stories are like rohan is the framing device like he introduces us like my reader friends have you ever seen the blackest color in all the world um and he goes on to say, it's like, this deep black really does exist. I know so, for having been the witness last September of an extremely weird phenomenon. I saw for the first time the darkest black ever. Like the show, Darker Than Black. It's my favorite anime. An anime is a Japanese cartoon. Um, so yeah, let me tell you of that adventure. So the whole book, it it's... Like, it's a JoJo story, but it's also an advertisement for the Louvre. And two pages in, we already see, like, very well-drawn, like, what do you call the thing surrounding the Louvre? Is that the also the Louvre? Like... Yes, that is the Louvre. Okay, that's the Louvre. Do you, or are you saying that you think the triangle thing is, is the Louvre? Uh, well, the, no, the, the building <laughs> is the, the building is the museum. The triangle thing is in itself an art installation okay because like i i had no idea like is some of the louvre underground is i don't know look <laughs> well, man if you saw if you've read the seminal classic angels and demons you know that there is a hidden secret at the bottom of the triangle thing oh um, andrew you know for a fact that not only have i read it but i've listened to the audio adaptation of the movie so <laughs> the audio the audio adaptation of the movie <laughs> it's it's very specific it's for the hard of hearing and sighted it just <laughs> good fucking god um, anyway so we go into a bad little bit of backstory here so it all started in japan 10 years ago i was 17 back then yeah my maternal grandmother owned an inn in the quarter of mariah oh man that's not how you spell mariah because now i want to say it as morio but moriocho in the city of s after my grandfather's passing she closed the inn and rented the rooms out by the year 
Um, and it's just a lot of backstory in Rohan that we don't get in a lot of other stories. And I don't know. I really don't know who translated this, but it's it, they definitely translated it with the idea that maybe the person reading this has never heard of any sort of Japanimation. Like, or, in this yeah. panel here, Araki talks about uh, Rohan, rather. Uh, no, there, there's another Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah, they're not the same person. Araki has said this multiple times, but he doesn't <laughs> want people to think that he is Rohan, because Rohan is, in fact, an asshole. Yep, but uh, Rohan's talking about being a mangaka, and it has a little uh, asterisk to say mangaka, the Japanese <laughs> word for a comic book artist or cartoonist who makes manga. Like, yeah, that... That's uh, it's a little. See, the thing is to say that they make that they are a comic book artist that makes manga is is, is so unknowingly redundant. <laughs> yeah, and, but it's just it just goes further back to people that really believe that manga is like a genre within itself, which is no kind of nonsense. But no, it's just it's I another digress. form of ex- expression. But so he's seventeen. He's in this his uh, grandmother's inn. Um, and it's a really strict, like, you can't smoke, raise any sort of animal, cook, play any sort of instrument, as well as mahjong. You can't play the instrument mahjong in this, uh, hotel. <laughs> like, it's like castanets, just like, <laughs> uh, to use a hairdryer, to use a motorcycle. Um, so this inn is pretty well empty. And Ro- 17-year-old Rohan is outside the inn, putting on his shoes, and he sees a meeting between his uh, grandmother and this girl. And he Dude, sees... how, do they, how do they spell Moro wrong? It says it on this box. It says oh. it right there. Oh, damn. It... Man. <laughs> the... In English. It's written in English. <laughs> Whenever, like, Japanese is romanized, they usually drop, like, the H's and the U's that, like, make that are said in japanese and it's frustrating sometimes yeah because that's um, not even a silent h like you're pronouncing moro like you're yeah, pronouncing oh. the h yeah it's not just the vowel it's not morio morio oh. anyway yeah thanks for welcoming me into your home i promise of course to respect the house rules yeah tap 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 the house rules be checking out this girl oh 17 year old rohan is going up to brush his teeth and oh he walks in on this pretty girl oh shit <laughs> and flustered like the, the <laughs> little panel in the bottom right is just like oh <laughs> it's, it's very like, well, that's, part that's the first ass i've ever seen in my life <laughs> <laughs> oh i can draw better asses now thank you so much <laughs> this is basically I feel like this this panel of the half naked girl is Rocky saying, "Look, I I know anatomy now." Yeah, <laughs> like when when was this published? Was it was it in the middle of Steel Ball Run? I feel like it it's... definitely looks like either part six, like late part six or part seven. Art 20, style. 2010. 2010. I I feel like that's beginning of uh, part seven, but I digress. It uh, makes sense. But... Yeah. He's surprised, and he's like, So, sorry, I got the wrong door. Ah! Oh, all that. It's grandma's fault. Her directions are so complicated. Why she... Wait, why did she put up drawings of old... Oh, because um, the man and woman signs for the bathrooms are uh, old Japanese hairstyles, and it's like 
the top like samurai top knot from men and i don't even know what you would call it from women just like this weird crab monster <laughs> yeah so the something gr- like that so the girl runs out she's obviously flustered and we cut to rohan talking with his grandma he's like say rohan if you ever catch that woman smoking you let me know right away okay what woman who are you talking about that mrs nanase fujikura the one who just arrived oh so her name is nanasi right that ass um <laughs> ah. it's pretty neat that they translated the uh the sound effects oh yeah Sweep. They... yeah like... Shack. <laughs> tap 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 like they left in the katakana which is fun and then they just like at like in out of out of panel like out of the action they just like really calmly just pop that in like text box tool no no yeah. worries um so he finds out that she's married uh but she the this nanase is married but she's in a difficult situation so she's gonna get divorced soon and she's only 21 and after her diverse diverse she'd live alone so rohan's grandmother accepted her and rohan's mind is already racing oh um, god uh, like you just turn to the next page and it's like iraqi just just start just fucking draw uh, some porn man like what do you <laughs> like yeah he was... <laughs> like when whenever he dies let let it not be soon like they're gonna find some asama uh tezuka esque like weird porn in one of his closed off drawers but knowing him it's gonna be really oddly specific like i don't know maybe just all necks like he's really good at this is a this is a hella neck right here like this is a this is a neck like you get you get some clavicle you get like the jawbone here because rohan is just like sketching these birds and then he sees the nase up on upper floor putting out laundry and he's just scoping out that neck zone it's like oh yeah i'm 17 i can i'm gonna draw this later yeah and by later i'm being a weird fuck just starts drawing this girl yeah it's like oh yeah i'm gonna draw it right now krish oh where'd she go because she disappears and then reappears behind him seeing him being a creeper it's like are you spying on what's the good are you spying on me what's this Hey, no, stop. No, it's not we. Give me I, back I, like, my She's just looking at a picture of Heaven's Door. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> yeah. And well, I guess whatever what's what, what's his manga uh, character called? Uh, uh Pink Dark Boy. Oh, yes. I guess it's Pink Dark Boy. Yeah, and he's drawing it 17 like not as it would appear in part 4, but as it appeared earlier in the uh, in this book. So, it's a neat little yeah, it, it always looked like that. We've all we've always been at war with Eurasia. Um, <laughs> drawings? It's a manga. You draw mangas. <laughs> you draw mangas. Oh man, I'm hearing that in like a high nasally Midwestern twang. You draw mangas. You draw them mangas. What with the titties and such. <laughs> That's that weird Japanese shit. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, yes, I've never spied on you. I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah, you stayed there. St- oh, man, now I'm in a twang. Shit. Yeah, you stayed there staring at me for a good while just now. Uh, it's true, but uh, how can I explain? 
God, I need to stop. I need to stop. <laughs> In fact, the other day, my editor told me my female characters weren't at all sexy. So there's a reason. That's why I was scoping out your zone. It's cool. Because I uh, thought your titties looked good and I wanted to draw it for my manga. There's no girl in my story and the theme has nothing to do with women. But okay, the dude is a real pig. According to him, manga has to be full of babes with big tits for it to sell. But even so, he's a pro, so I said okay. And I'm 17. Um, so he's all flustered. He's like, sorry I was drawing you. I was trying to train myself. I didn't even ask if you were okay with that. I was like, no, I haven't published anything. I'm still living with my grandma. Uh, but, I mean, he's 17, so, like, whatever. Keep forgetting that Rohan is, like, 21 in uh, Part 4, right? So we're right on the cusp of him becoming the famous world-renowned mangaka that we grow to know him as. Yeah, that we grow to know and half-hate, half-love. So it's uh, weird, because, like, we haven't even really hit the, like the Louvre stuff and like this beginning part is actually like a kind of neat little backstory like for yeah Ron. and we we can't understate like the colors in this because Iraqi oh, really you went... have to see that you you can look up you can look it up what this looks like online mm-hmm. but you really have to see the print on these pages in person to really appreciate it because like it's incredible like it's yeah. really fucking good yeah this like... is like one of the nicest like manga things like I've bought like next to my Gundam the origin volumes mm-hmm. which are also really nice but like this is some top quality stuff yeah and throughout the the whole book he does this thing where he changes like the color filter over the like what's ha- what's happening like right now it's kind of this yellow red orange and later on it turns into this pink and then this blue it's the blue looks gorgeous yeah when they're like in archives and stuff oh god and it's also interesting how it jumps back and forth between like light colors like it's never fully colored there's only like specific colors used and sometimes it just jumps like certain characters will be black and white and some Mm -hmm. will be colored and it's it's very neat yeah it's It's got a very like watercolor look to it oh absolutely rocky is really good at using color like that he i mean he's been doing it longer than we've been alive so I would hope so. Yeah. Um, so the girl's like, you told you told me you were gonna show me your mangas, right? Well, come on in. I'm in too much of a hurry to read it. Just come on in. So Rohan gets to go into a girl's room. Oh, Rohan! And he's just looking around, looking at all the stuff in here, all the girl stuff. And she's like, "Have a seat." Um, what are you afraid of? I have no intention of criticizing your work. I'll have an eye. In any case, I'm a total novice with art. I just want to see your scritchings. You put such energy into them. And they seem so real. You know what? I'm a little jealous. And she's telling him about the darkest painting in the in the world. The most harmful. The most terrible. Um, and Rohan's real confused. So he's like, what are you talking about? And it's like... You know, most people consider Da Vinci's Mona Lisa the most beautiful painting in the world. I really think that's so in every country. But what I'm talking about is a painting that's the opposite of the Mona Lisa. It's the I love. (laughs) I love this little sketch of the Mona Lisa that Araki drew. Like, it it, it looks. It actually looks a lot like the Mona Lisa. Yeah, it's a a little Lisa, little Lisa, (laughs) little Uh, Lisa, little Lisa, Lisa, little. Lisa, Lisa, little Lisa. <laughs> um, 
Oh no, I didn't know a painting could be like that. But that painting exists. It's in Paris at the Louvre. <laughs> Just and like And there's our connection. Going to the Louvre. I saw All right, guys, I was let's go kid. go through a sponsored trip through a museum. Ah, let's check out uh, the gift It's not store. that sterile. It, it's it's still pretty neat. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um I saw it when I was a kid. A landowner in my hometown found it in the back of his barn. And then a curator from the Louvre took it to the museum. Um, yes, the painter's name was Nizamon Yamamura. According to legend, around 300 years ago, Nizamon discovered a pigment of hitherto unknown blackness. Curiously, the pigment was also exceptionally lustrous. The artist had used it for several of his works. He alone knew of the pigment's existence, which he extracted from a tree trunk. But that tree was ancient. It was more than a thousand years old, and chopping it down was forbidden by decree. Of course, the painter's dean provoked the anger of the local lord, who had him executed. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, he's dead now. Yeah. So then Nizamon, uh, people were saying that he, he cast a curse, and then all of his works were burned, but the painter had hidden one of them in a safe location, and it's that work that was discovered before the Louvre bought it. And it gives off a peculiar aura as if it's been created especially to accomplish one thing in particular. Is that what you're calling evil? What seems so terrifying to you about that painting? Are there any photos or copies of that canvas? It's late. You should go, sl- you should go sleep. Oh. Um, all right. Nice. Come on, guys. Well, I guess... All right, hold on. No, if you read, the, if you read in a certain cadence, it's like, it's late. You should go sleep. Oh, like, okay. Okay, it's not yeah. that dumb, but it probably still should have been. You should go to sleep, but it it doesn't make no sense. No, it, it sh- that should be a comma there. I feel it's, it's late. You should go uh, to sleep. No, that's still awkward. I don't like it's that. awkward. It's not. It's awkward, but it's not wrong. Yeah. Um. And then she ushers Rohan out of her room as her cell phone rings, and she has to take him. And Rohan is. Uh, eavesdropping outside the door because he's a little sneaky boy it's like no 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 i don't want to no wait that's not oh leave one another no not that and rohan's like are you okay you're you're spying now as this poor girl is crying probably like talking to her like ex and we get excruciating detail of the tears coming out of her eyes and it's just like drip 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 she runs past rohan just bowls him over and he follows her, uh, like, out the door. It's like, where are you? Is that place nearby? Oh, please come. I know you're not far away. Where? Answer me, as she's talking on her phone. And that was how she disappeared into the night. And... Oh, man. They really didn't try with these text boxes, huh? No. Yeah, these are kind of weak. Yeah. What had happened to her? What ordeals had she undergone? Was it tied to her divorce? I continued to think of her and be weird. All the while, knowing it wouldn't bring me any answers. A week later, she finally reappeared. Nanase, are you there? And she turns around and immediately embraces Rohan as the tears are streaming down her face. And they fall down onto her futon. And it's like, it's real romantic. It's real, it's real cute like she was crying crying well why why so upset she cried unrestrainedly and her tears were of a fascinating beauty 
more pure than an azure sky, sea, both, than a spring sparkling by moonlight. Um, let me help you. There's no need to go far away. You can stay right here. I'll protect you from every fear. From every fear. And then he does the creepy Rohan thing and opens her face. Yeah. Just to break up this cute moment, he yeah, opens her it, face. Rohan, you're doing a good job there, boy. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't want you to discover the origin of tears. No, not like that. I won't read into her heart without her knowing. So he puts the book away and he doesn't do the creepy thing. So he, instead, he pulls out his manuscript and is like, I drew it for you. That one, that woman, that's me. <coughs> oh, sorry. I've been reading in too many voices tonight. <laughs> I I know I know that this is supposed to have not work. This book, this story doesn't really worry too much with the JoJo minutia, but I kind of have to go in there a little bit. This does kind of throw into question how and when Rohan acquired his stand. Oh fuck! I mean, Damn I don't it. think I don't think Araki. Yeah, I don't think Garaki was thinking about it when he wrote this, but there definitely is. I mean, all right, so like this is squarely in non-canon territory, on obviously, but unless this is trying to insinuate that he didn't get the his stand from the bow and arrow, but if he was supposed to, then this is very much, uh, yeah, very much not canon. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's cut it here, uh, just as he's showing her. Um, the manga with her in it and we'll see her reaction next week right but a little marker in there yeah because the whole thing with rohan's stand was it was like tanya's stand in that uh he didn't do it get it by the bow and arrow he didn't develop it from the ripple um he got it through like very focused hard work which is rare in jojo world but we've seen it and like i said tanya did it and it's one of those things where at first he has to show people um, like a picture of his manga and they connect with it and then they open up and then Araki was like, ah, that's too hard. What if Rohan could draw so fast in the air that it appeared like a picture? So, <laughs> okay, if, if that's the case, then it, then it doesn't make no sense. But I guess the question's still there. Like, when did he figure I guess out he, he had a stand? Yeah, because he's he clearly is used to it. Like he knows what he's doing here. Yeah, and it wasn't until like later that Heaven's Door could just be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna touch this person, and their face is gonna fly open." Yeah, because Heaven's Door didn't manifest. Like Rohan wasn't able to manifest Heaven's Door physically until like deep into Part Four. Like, Heaven's Door was always just kind of, like, an outline. It didn't really become, like, a a punch ghost. Yeah. Yeah, well. It's not a... It's not important. This this story's still cool. It's definitely just... it's really cool. I like it a bunch. I like it a bunch. It just definitely... Just take it for what it is. Don't don't think too hard about it. Because then you end up in this this spiral. Yeah, then you end (laughs) up where we are right now. And, oh, God, let me tell you, that's not a great place. Uh, it's not great but yeah so that should be it for this week's episode next week we go back into our a deep deep into the lovers with our friend dan of steel and we also will hopefully maybe finish out rohan at the louvre we'll see how far we get we're kind of playing this one by year it's kind of hard to tell how long this is going to take but yeah regardless we'll be good you know 
I think, another successful venture into podcasting hell. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, no matter how you're listening to our beautiful show, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. you're finding us on the subreddit. Thanks to Jack posting about it or Forever. finding us. They, they you're finding us. There is no escape. <laughs> or you're finding us from wherever you're finding us. We love you and we appreciate your, li- your listening to this to this fine show. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you next week for some more great, good JoJo content. Goodbye. Bye now. We'll be right back.